for joining me for the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Howie Jacobson. So today I reconnect with my buddy, my business partner, my running inspiration, Josh Lajani. We haven't seen each other since March, and it's obviously it's been a crazy year for everyone. But uh, there's a lot of things that we were planning to work on, a lot of retreats, in-person stuff that obviously had to go on the back burner. And we've been chatting a lot, but we haven't uh, recorded for public consumption any of our conversations. Um, I've been doing a lot of really interesting podcast interviews that Josh has been listening to and responding to. He's been sending me lots of stuff to read and watch and listen to myself. So we thought it was time to uh, just have another jam session. And in this conversation, we talk about how Josh has kept from putting on, you know, 50 or 100 pandemic pounds, how he decides what to listen to in a world full of conspiracy theory and BS um, and, you know, how to how to navigate life. How do we talk to ourselves, think about our futures in a world where it's so damn easy to just say, I just need to take care of myself right now with some, you know, delicious, comforting, unhealthy food. And I'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. For context, we recorded this on November 11th, so a little over a week after the presidential election, but not when we had a definitive outcome yet. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let us know what you think. And without further ado, Josh Lajani, welcome back to Plant Yourself. Hey, what's up, Holly? Thanks for having me, buddy. Oh, always. It's been a long time. It has been. It has been. It's been yeah. a wild year. Yeah. So uh, what's what's the year been like for you? We ha we haven't recorded anything sort of uh, free form in a long time. Last time we saw each other was beginning of March where and we probably shouldn't have. We probably should have canceled that we particular thing. Have, yeah. But uh, we it's held been... our own little mini potential mini spreader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. New Orleans, two weeks after Mardi Gras. What could go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, what's well, let's let's just catch up. What's uh, what's this been year? What's this year been for you? You know, for obviously for a lot of people, it's been hard. It's been separating yeah. and frustrating. And like, you know, what what have you made of it? Yeah, it's been it's weird because, you know, my life and and how hard I've been working towards like uh, taking the steps to move away professionally from what I've done for the last you know, 20 years of my life and in, in the way of being a sewer pump operator and all of that stuff. And so in 2020 in, in, in one way was really awesome for me because we finally, I've been working on, on selling that business for a long time. And, um, and it finally came to fruition and happened almost right exactly at the same time as uh, COVID started, you know, uh, and, and so it was really weird. It's been frustrating because the whole point of, of, of moving out of what I was doing professionally was to move into what I had been doing, which is the speaking and the traveling and, you know, the juices were all flowing and everything seemed to be pointed in a direction. And here I am like this seemingly positive thing happened, but wow, everything else has been punched in the gut. And now there's this big, huge question mark kind of in my my immediate future anyway like what's what's going on what's happening and on top of all of that 
everybody's stuck at home and you know, we're going through COVID and, you know, my wife is administrator at an assisted living facility for, uh, with elderly people. So our house has just been really very much disrupted. Our household has been very much disrupted. Our lives have not been the same during this pandemic. Yeah. I lost some friends and tenants to COVID and, you know, all, you know, all of that. So it's been a really crazy up and down year, you know, that's been good and and also also bad you know and what i was going to say is also you know that that uh you know what my wife does for a living and she's you know an administrator and assisted living facility so our household has really been disrupted you know because it's so important that she stays secluded and potent and not potentially infected so we can so she can continue to do what she does and keep keep COVID out of her building and so it's just been a it's been a really um been a really rough year uh in the household and in the you know just it's been a rough year to get traction on being generally sort of like upbeat and happy for many 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 different reasons um and but in the in the middle of in the midst of all of that i, I you know, uh, last summer you and I had gone to to uh, to North Carolina, and I met Corinne Sutton, and so he kind of, and then I got on his his program around that earth in the spring. Well, actually, in the beginning of the year, I kind of petered out the first time, and then I did it again in the spring, and and so what I'm getting at is like I was really frustrated, but I just felt this drive to let me do something with my body physically, since I can't feel like I. I don't feel good enough to run like I was running before. Let me do something different. And I just started doing strength training and getting into his program and doing some other things to help with strength. And, you know, um, I've been able to physically pull myself, call myself back to where I'm running pretty strong again. I'm pretty happy about where I am, about my trajectory. I'm aiming at, you know, how important the poster is at the Crescent City Classic for me, buddy. I was able to th- this weekend run a 5K that that guaranteed me a, a seated bib, so I can have a good shot at getting in that top 500 come come April. Hopefully, if we run that race, I'm pretending as if I'm going on with life as if it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll see, you know. And uh, you know, so I, that, that's all I can do is do the thing that helped me in the in the moment, right? And and not focus on the. the, the yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, all the world, the whirlwind. So there's there's a lot I want to talk to you about, but that immediately brings up some questions for me because you know you and I have seen so many people, and we've seen so many memes where, you know, I saw one last week when when the election was still in doubt, um, and neither mm-hmm. candidate had 270, and the joke was, you know, the way I'm stress eating, I'm going to get to 270 before either of them does. And like I've we're so many people like, oh, well, you know, I saw another one from the reductress. It said like a a meme. It said, you know, doctor advises eat whatever the fuck you want to get through this week. I thought that was beautiful. I saw that, too. Yeah, like like, and and we've heard from many people like, yeah, this is like, yeah, my my food, my my exercise. Like I was just trying to take care of myself on the sort of basic physical and psychological level because of all the stress of the election and the pandemic and conspiracy theories, you know, and I understand that. 
And I'm wondering how that played out in your life. Like, did you go there at some point Were there impulses? Did you know, were you like, well, I'm doubling down on, on fitness? Like, how, how did that all play out in, in your mind and in your actions? I just tried to, to break it down. And I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with with how like I've been processing this information for the last four years of my life along with my running like I was telling somebody today I our, I'm pretty firm in what I'm with and what I've already learned about the situation that like politically or whatever um and so the fact that the the election this year is what it is this weird culmination or crescendo across the bomb that 2020 has been so far like that didn't really surprise me too much i have let myself delve into it and dig down because i am passionate about some things and i find some absurdity in the way things are and some things that i find super absurd i'm just like i gotta say something you know um but yes it can drag you down and really bog up your mind um bog up your mind if you're not careful and especially if you don't feel like there's any truth out there you know um which is what i that's the common theme it's not that people necessarily are believing the crazy conspiracy theories it's that the bigger problem to me as as a, as a person who cares is the people who are throwing their hands up going, well, you don't know what to believe. They got all these people saying this and all these people. Yeah, but half of the people are saying the world is flat. So don't let's ignore that half. That's not really half. They don't count, <laughs> you know, and and it's but it's very uh, it's been a very, very frustrating thing. And and what I'm realizing is I'm, I've just applied the same rubric, the same pattern that I used when. I was figuring out my nutrition, how to eat, and I had to be objective, and I had to make some really hard decisions about my food that was going to set me apart from my family and set me apart from my friends and set me apart from my Cajun heritage and culture, like not doing crawfish and not going speckled trout fishing and having big fish fries, and, you know, those were hard decisions. But pragmatically, like what I learned they were necessary if I wanted to definitely get to that place that I wanted to get to. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be fit. I wanted to be not fat. And accidentally that process, that processing capacity has helped me really sort of, although some may argue uh, to the contrary, has really sort of helped me um, stay even keeled throughout this very, very volatile, um, you know, and frustrating and disappointing at times American experience that we have in right now, you know, what's the relationship between, you know, because I work with a lot of people who they haven't stopped believing in whole food, plant based eating and they haven't stopped believing in exercise. But they're like, yeah, I just I can't do it. It's too much. The world is too, is, is too much right now. It's like, you know, that uh, that recurring joke in the movie Airplane, where it's like, I guess I picked the yeah. wrong week, you know, wrong. Stop sniffing glue. <laughs> yeah, it's like, people. you know, how did how did 
How did your pragmatism, which I think it's, it's related, but I think it's a different issue, like knowing what to believe right. or how to make decisions, not even belief. It's like how to evaluate evidence. There's like there, there's no belief involved after a certain point. Mm -hmm. But like your confidence in your ability to evaluate evidence, how did that buffer when things were just so bad? Like, you know, in the old days, you would have you would have smashed uh, three po' boys or, or uh Right. You know, a gallon of well, milk and a box of Little Debbie's. I think a big, I think, honestly, Howie, having been back to school, it really helped me learn how to harness the power of the Internet rather than be overwhelmed by the power of the Internet. And so I hear all of these disparate claims and these wild theories. And, yeah, you think racism is a thing, but it ain't a thing because here, this. Here's this stat. Well, I know how to go drill down on that stat that they cite and then eventually find the very obvious out of context bullshit way they tried to use it. Right. And so I can process. And that's that's how it, I, it keeps me from going crazy. And people my age, a lot of people my age, I don't think really, really get down in the in in the world of 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 uh in youtube and google in a in a productive way i think they get pulled around rather than go digging around you know but again i'm 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 not being clear on my question like does that help you like does that surety that you've like tested mm -hmm. like you're you're not you know there's people who like they've read all the books Right. Like that was me right. in 2005. I read the China study and I'm like, oh, Colin Campbell is so smart. This makes so much sense. But I really didn't like I hadn't tested it for myself and really believed it. And there were cracks in my mm -hmm. in my belief. And then another guru came along and I thought, well, that's a really well written book, too. Like it was all house of cards because I hadn't I hadn't leaned on anything. You can't you know, you can't know if you trust someone until you actually are in a position where they right. can let you down. So being in that position with your own ability to recognize truth, did that affect your ability to not self indulge or how like how did you manage to not put on 50 or 100 pounds during the let me just ask it that simply because I stopped at 20. <laughs> right. Like there was a there was definite slippage, Howie. There was, and, but there was also, a, a, there was also, and there has been several moments of slippage and recovery, slippage and recovery. My frequency with which I recover now is just different than it than it has been, and especially when I feel like I'm slipping because of emotional things, because of because of because of things that are out of my control, like politics and the world and all of that stuff. When I start to feel, when I start to feel like slippage because of that, there's, that feels weak to me, oh, and I need to do something about it, right? And and um, and that's the difference between now and then is, yeah, yeah. You just smashed a, a whole, you smashed a sleeve of Oreos. Damn, that's not what I'm doing right now, you know. And and I just the 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 urgency with which I recover from those instances in my life has evolved over time. That's the big difference in my life. It's not that it's a never thing. It's not that it don't happen. It's just that it, 
it don't happen more often than it does happen because I arrest the behavior earlier than I ever have before in my life. And I arrest the behavior earlier because I like the way I feel physically right now. I like this body. I like what I'm going to be like. I like the communication and community that the activity of running brings me. And so this vessel, this body helps me stay plugged into that ether of what I have found to be very, you know, good, um, connections. Uh, and, and so there's just this multitude of reasons why I arrest the behavior sooner, but I do. So how, uh, how do you arrest it? Cause you know, there's, there's a lot of people who try to arrest that behavior by, Oh, bad Josh. I can't believe you mm -hmm. did that again. Stop that. Like what's, what's your, yeah. what's your internal dialogue around arresting the behavior? Um, this isn't what we're doing. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, sorry. What, what, you know, but literally that's what I say. And I talk to myself like I talk to another human being, like, like, what the fuck are you doing, player? That's not what we're doing right now. You know this. You know this. Throw the rest of that bag of chips in the garbage can right now. Right? And you do that. And then you might slip again. And then you fight. And then, then you go on a tear for 30, 40 days where you're doing great. And then you hit another struggle point. The struggle point doesn't mean we have to go and put 100 pounds on. It could just mean we slow down the progress for a little while. That's the difference. You know, and that's just been what my life has been like. It's like, oh, okay, I'm struggling. I'm struggling, but I just have a different, I don't know how to explain it well enough. I don't guess that the urgency with which I want to arrest that behavior has evolved over time. And no joke about it being a largely whole food plant-based eater and a 100 percent vegan eater i have found that in slip-up moments in slip-up eras little mini eras little periods of time i have you put on weight a lot slower than when you're doing it with bacon cheeseburgers and milkshakes and french fries and potato chips and cookies and pies and cake and brisket, and whiskey, and beer, right? And so that those two things combined, I think, compound for me to have sustained it. It's not like I have been, you know, a choir boy eating wise all these years. You know, it's just I, I understand more things. I'm more pragmatic. I, I get it now. And and I'm very serious about avoiding the caloric density of animal products. And that all goes hand in hand with, with the, with naturally attainable quantities that all goes hand in hand with the logic, you know, to me and, and my, uh, my desire to find simple solutions. Yeah. So one thing I heard in, in, you know, like, Hey, we don't do that anymore. What the fuck are you doing? Like there are people who could hear that and feel like the whatever they're talking to the part that they're addressing is is like less than but the way you're saying it you're actually evoking your better self you're saying we don't do this you're better than this yeah we both we both are there forever the good me and the bad me inside of me are there we're not going to get rid of each other we got to work together and we get the best 
out of life if we achieve things with the good and the bad part of us, you know? And the more that we both succeed, the more each, 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 the good and the bad can have a little bit more of their way. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. We, we, and so, yeah, I do have those moments where I say, Hey, what the fuck you doing, bro? But I also have those moments. Like I had Sunday when I was in the last mile of my 5k and I knew I was going to earn my bib and I'm pounding myself on my chest and I'm about to, I'm about to cry screaming as I run through Audubon Park saying, you a bad motherfucker, Josh. You a bad, baby. Uh-huh. Right? And that's just, that's, that maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> maybe I'm crazy. I scared the shit out of the old man that I didn't know was up ahead of me because it was dark. And I apologize to him, but I seriously have that relationship kind of with the, the me's inside of me, <laughs> you know? And and the one the ones that need their hand slapped, they get their hand slapped. Uh, doesn't keep them from reaching, you know. Right. So there's a way in which you have completely um, become like a historical, like you know, for a lot of people, like they look at their lives and their the patterns and they go, oh, you know, I've always binged or I always yeah, I used to gain I used to lose 100 pounds all the time, but I'd gain it back. And it's like when you slip up, that no longer has any significance for you in terms of what it means for your future. Sounds like. Yes. Yeah, it's not predictive anymore. It's not indicative of something bigger than what it is. And, and, and I don't feel I don't feel precarious, you know, anymore. My life is I I feel I just I don't know how to explain it. Well, I wish I could impart it to people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it seems like like before I kept asking you, you know, about like um, resisting temptation and you kept talking about processing, like knowing things. And, mm -hmm. and it, it feels like you, you're you've hit upon a connection that maybe I haven't made in terms of like, I guess it's hard to feel precarious when you are, are on a if you're in touch with with reality. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you just sent me this uh, this article about, you know, why why people believe lies that are repeated over and over again. Um, and we were talking earlier about like like, yeah, the, the, the misinformation out there is huge. And when like it seems like we're much more vulnerable to it when we are scared, stressed out, when we don't when we don't feel like we have we you know, everybody sort of feels precarious. These days, that's on right. some level, whether it's, you know, your individual health, your family. Will you have a job? Is there going to be toilet paper in the stores next month? Is there going to be a civil war? Is there going to be a peaceful transition of power? Right. right. Like, um, where can you know, we talk a lot about naturally attainable quantities. We were talking earlier about naturally attainable quantities of of, of truth versus bullshit. Like where right. where do you go for truth these days? And you can talk, you can answer that in like whatever uh, level mm -hmm. speaks to you. 
so just to be very specific, like I, I have news outlets that I that I trust more than than the than the ones with all the bells and whistles, and so I I that's where I go. I go to places like you know just to be very specific, like organizations like PBS or you know just like that type of stuff for for just news and being very pragmatic. And trying to find unadulterated sort of just a, a, a recounting of events. That way, then I go down and drill down in things that excite me or think make me think. Wait, what was that? And then I can go personally create my own opinion. And then if I watch other opinion pieces, my opinion doesn't get skewed. I'm just going, oh, they think that way too, or they think differently. Why do they think differently than what I thought when I read that? Like that's just how I process, you know. Um, and I don't know if that's what you were asking and what you're trying to get at, but that's, that's, that's well, I think there's, there's lots where of different, I, go for. I mean, it feels like truth, truth feels relative, like from alternative facts to right. Like, you know, I, I think I'm a person who is intelligent and well read and I've been taught how to evaluate sources and yet like I I'm sitting on a chair that I can feel with my ass, but I don't right. actually know what happened in the Pennsylvania election. Right. Like there's ways in right. which I have to rely on sources. And there's other people who are right. who are watching other media, well, you know, right. listening to other sources, right. and they'll tell you exactly why you've been brainwashed and you're a sheeple. Exactly. Right. Well, I want I like to find I I there is it's like it's it's like people think that they're they're looking for every like like black and white and there is no black and white i love the idea that the Scherzas talked about on your podcast one time about how you know it's not about finding it's not about finding you know uh an absolute like consensus or or whatever you you it's about well it is it's about a consensus it's not about finding you know the, like the definite truth, but it's about finding an aggregate, you know, and going, oh, this is most likely because of this, right? And and I don't know how to how to say it, but that's that's just how that's how you know I try to process. It. I don't try to think of it as I'm finding the the absolute gospel. It's just like okay. This, 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 and this all line up, and it seems like this person is full of shit. I'm gonna go with that, <laughs> and that's just and but going with it is like, and that's just how I don't know. That's I don't know. That's and um, it keeps you know. That's just how I process. Yeah, um, I'm listening. I'm listening for like a strategy. Right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Right. It's like one thing. One thing is like I, I, I always want to be someone who questions my biases. Mm -hmm. Right. Like where where am I, what, where where do I have blind spots? Um, and in the past, I could do that by like reading, you know, the National Review or very you know, sort of middle of the road things. Um, but it feels like like alternative media. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even know if that, how, how this conversation might help anybody. Um, just yeah, it, it, feel, it feels like there's not, you know, when I grew up, there was like Democrats and Republicans and they had different ideas. And mm -hmm. like probably the right answer was somewhere in the middle. That's kind of how like. Right. Um, right. And and now it, it feels very different in terms of like there's no there's no reality that, that right. I, I don't there's no there's no cost for me in denying reality. No. You can just start saying a thing right now. We can make a thing up and just start saying it, you know, and just start pumping it, pumping it and pumping it and pumping it. And, pumping it. and, pe and eventually people, you heard about that thing? You know, I don't know if it's true, but you never know these days. And, and, and the fact that like, I've seen it, I've seen that, like that, that pattern be laid out, like in the documentary, get me Roger Stone. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, that's an active thing that they've been consciously doing. Just throw enough shit against the wall to confuse people, you know? And, and, and I don't want to fall victim to that. I honestly have seen that in my, in my immediate family, my entire life. That's how, that's the politics and the, that's how I grew up. You know how I grew up and, and just like we were big and fat and, and, and not, and not athletic and like, and I wanted to change that like also comes with it is like, Oh, all these other things we were thinking, let me re let me reassess that too, you know? And it's like, wow, I'll be damn boy. Yeah, no, this just ain't right. It ain't right to do it this way. It just ain't right. And, um, and, and, and the reason is, and there's a surrender, like, Oh, my brain gets so it's like an it's like a it's like an unexplainable sort of explosion in my brain I'm, when I'm trying to talk about these things because there's so many things at one time I want to try to say, but it, when it gets complicated like like it inevitably does, there's a certain surrender that I that I use. And, you know, we talk about the surrender experiment often with the people that we work, that we've worked with over the years and how important that book was for me, a good friend of mine, a runner, shocker, ultra runner, shocker turned me onto this book about surrender. And that word can be used in so many ways and running. I use it to surrender to the, to the pain in the moment because it's temporary. And there's a certain surrender to the noise and to the, and to the fear of not being able to know everything. Like, and that's a, we just not going to be able to know everything without a shadow of a doubt. That's not how it works. And so to be able to surrender to that willful confusion a little bit, but inside of that, do the best job you can at being objective and pragmatic. I'm good with that. You know? I'm good with that as an effort in my life. That's interesting, because when I think about, you know, the wacky conspiracy theories that have mm -hmm. sadly infected, you know, the natural health and vegan communities as well. Oh, um, God. There is like the, the thing that maybe separates it is the need for 100 mm percent. -hmm. Right. Like like, you know, if, if you can tolerate some doubt, you're probably 
closer to the truth than if you demand 100 percent definite positivity on the, you're absolutely 100 percent right. Yeah. Right, because the, the, the truth tends to be complex and nuanced yes. and lies tend to be much simpler. Very simple. And in that in that article I sent you, that was the thing is the brain, our evolution, we are naturally drawn to the easier answer. You know, it's that it's that energy conservation thing. And so when the easier answer is presented, you automatically give it like default. You put more stock in it than you should automatically, just like that calorically dense food. You're drawn to it because it's a bunch of calories for a little bit of effort. And it's the same dynamic with with, mis, with misinformation and dis, disinformation. Because they give you answers that they know you want to hear already. And so when you already have the truth, you dismiss everything else. It's all bullshit. Yes. I'm telling you, Howie, there's so many things that in my nutritional education in my life that is just bing, bing, complete echo in, in my, 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 like, political evolution in my life, you know? I know that's going to rub people the wrong way that know me, but I, I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm following my heart. I'm following my soul. I'm following, I'm following <laughs> Ishmael, <laughs> you know? That's the other thing. This this surrender, this 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 oneness, this this ability or desire to be part of a universe, right? And it draws me, right, and it it pulls me, and that's that. It makes things complicated, no doubt, but at least it gives me a direction you know, a desired direction. And that allows me to process things against, like, say, like the Ishmael standard in my own mind. Like, how does this policy affect that, you know, being a lever and not to get too specific into a piece of literature we haven't introduced or talked about, but you know what I'm talking about. Right. Well, let's, let's introduce it briefly. It's a book by um, was it Daniel Quinn called Ishmael. I think he wrote a couple uh, follow ups. It's 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 a it's basically a look at human civilization from the perspective of a sentient gorilla. Yeah. Right? So it's a way to look at it's 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 a it was a very clever plot device to allow us to look at ourselves in the third person as opposed to from within mm -hmm. our culture. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful trick and, and not unlike the trick they used in Okja. And to me, it was very similar in the movie Okja, which was the, 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 the computer generated hippo looking creature that they were using basically like cattle. It disconnected. It was just a really cool device. Right. And I, but I really loved the gorilla, you know, and, and his perspective on it and telling telling human history back to the human being from this perspective of what was essentially the universe, 
the nat- of nature of what is what is like we are of nature we are a part and the, the, i think it's such a small it, it seems like such a small thing but so much of like the christian world that i grew up in would be aghast at suggesting that we are animals just like squirrels and rabbits and you know we are special and i don't feel that way right we are just like what who the fuck are you to think that of all of these beautiful creatures we 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 have been bestowed this whole thing it's for us and me and me questioning that is some sort of like some level of blasphemy that's that that blows my mind yeah. You know? Right. Well, you know, I um, I don't know if you listened to my interview with uh, Tyson Young Caporta, who wrote Sand Talk. Um, yeah, I didn't listen to all of it yet, but, but yes, this, but, that, that is amazing. But, I did listen to his book; it was amazing. Right. Like the idea, like the, the the cardinal sin is narcissism, is thinking that you're better than something and something's worse than you, or you're better than yeah. someone and someone's worse than you, and you could, like. He indicted pretty much all of the, of the last 10,000 years of progress. Yeah. Right. Like what if what if we're not trying to build, you know, a tower to the heavens? What if we're just trying to live on this earth in a in a sustainable way? Like to me, that's that's become my litmus test for truth. Like if this is true, can the human experiment continue indefinitely or is it, you know, is it as he calls it a, a self uh, terminating algorithm. Yeah. Right. Like oil. Obviously, you know, you come from oil and gas land, right? That's the economy. Yep. Like, right. OK, if if oil and gas are necessary, like. Isn't that isn't that self-limiting? Isn't isn't that a self-terminating algorithm because it's going to run out, whether it's in 10 years or 50 years or 500 years, doesn't really matter. Right. Right. Like, so where 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 can we find sustainable ways of living that enhance our environment rather than degrade it? Right. And money and the money that oil brings gets in the way of that messaging, even getting a toe in the door. Because it's all or nothing proposition, it seems, you know. Like it can't even like it's like, oh, there's we have to. It's like it's not like we're going to switch it off tomorrow. So everybody works that works in the oil field. They don't even want to hear about windmills and solar panels or alternative ways, because alternative means not what we do. And what we do is this. So forget it all. And and instead of like talking about why we should put efforts into this and hey guess what it's going to have jobs there too just because you don't see them in your imagination and you can't think about them and know what they look like and that 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 doesn't mean that it's that it's not a potentiality you know um but i get it everybody's you know a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush and so everybody's latched on to what what they already know Right. And it feels like the, the difference in between, a you know, like a lot of people we work with are very unhappy with the results they're getting in terms of their health. 
and their weight yeah. and their mood and their energy. And so they come to us and like, you know, as a coach, my main job is to show them that that how to be flexible because they've been doing a thing to try to solve this for years or decades. And they haven't yep. succeeded, but they keep trying the same small group of things that don't work or coming at it with the same failed mindset. Right. And they think they just haven't executed it perfectly yet. And as soon as they do execute it perfectly, they'll have it figured out. And we need to help them figure out how to execute it perfectly. And that's not how it's going to go. Like, you know, I tell people all the time, we got to you got to be willing to take a seat as soon as you, you know, you got to be. Yeah. Yeah. So so, you know, and so this idea of flexibility, like I can have different responses. Yeah. I don't have to keep doing the same dumb shit that yeah. hasn't worked. Uh, but I think as a civilization, it's taking like the feedback isn't so quick and direct. Like, and, mm -hmm. like, you know, if, and it's, it's not that direct for people either. Like every time you ate, um, you know, a little Debbie sleeve, um, you got hit in the head, you'd quickly learn not to do it. But the problem is you get an immediate positive feeling and the negative only comes, you know, minutes, hours, days, months, years later. And in a cumulative way, like if you had to, if you ate a whole bag of, of, of little Debbie, little Debbie zebra cakes and your, and your, and your man boobs popped out to little a cups immediately, you would, you would be like, no more of those. Stop that. Yeah. But it takes years of you secretly doing that. And you realize one day, oh shit, I got tits. <laughs> you know, yeah, it accumulates. It would be it would be better if they just popped out on you. As soon as you go, gorged on pizza, it's like, oh, man, <laughs> these big boobs. <laughs> More immediate. Yeah. And the you know, the, the, the wisdom there is like for for me to wait until my A cups pop out. At that point, it's kind of too late. And there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of evidence that I could have looked at that yeah. eating those eating those cakes wasn't a good idea. Let me ask you, let me ask you about something else. And maybe, you know, if you, if you want to talk about it or not, we've we've been talking quite a bit about like ways in which your people people look to you to kind of I don't know if it's to solve their problems or to inspire them. It, it seems like you've Oh, it's raining hard now. You've you've had a, a lot of experiences where you feel like you're the marketing of your story from 420 pounds to the cover of Runner's World, that that marketing has actually attracted people who aren't able or willing to do the work or has kind of gotten in the way of people taking the reins of their own lives. Yeah, it's been a very weird year for me in that that in that realm as well um yeah i i i i feel like um yeah i put myself out there which which it all felt right you know i mean And at the same time, like, I feel like I, I've almost like, 
I don't know how I don't even know how to I don't even know how to put words to it uh it's just that I've gotten very I hate to say it but almost jaded with the idea of being an inspiration for people you know because they come to me with all of these questions that you already know the answer to like you just want you know what you need to do to lose weight. You know the thing you you know already. I don't I don't understand. And me trying to figure out why we, why are you engaging? Why are you keep asking the questions when you don't do the thing? Or why, why? Like me trying to figure out and put rationale to why all these people and like have all of these questions and. Yet it feels like so little of the, so few actually get traction doing anything, you know. Um, and it's like, in, am I really helping them at all? Would it be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if if me, you know, going through the DMs and doing voice memos to people and spending all of that time is 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 helping them or 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 hampering them for, for feeling like I, that they got an answer from someone and that answer didn't work either. Dang. Like, I don't, I don't, it's been a very confusing part of my life. And I feel like a lot, a lot of the confusion is because it's been a hundred percent online this year, instead of me being able to reset my mind, um, and uh, about, about that whole dynamic uh, in person with people when we go to go to places and speak in person and I get to shake hands and and hear people's story and see their eyes tear up and they see my eyes tear up and you know uh, those types of things matter and then I can go back to the online world with a renewed sense of like compassion you know whereas start to feel alone and like I feel like I'm doing my own struggle and hear all these people asking me questions about their struggle and it's like hey hey bro we all fucking struggling here go struggle fight show me some progress don't ask me questions stop you know and and but it ain't I don't know how to I don't know where to put that energy you know it gets very frustrating because I feel like I put myself out there as a person who who's like <laughs> you know committed himself to being a, a voice or being or being a, a a resource and um i've just been yeah howie i've been twisting a little bit on that part of my life yeah and it's you know i, th I think it's related to the idea of marketing like if you went to a marketing professional and said, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I want to do. They would tell you mm -hmm. to do exactly what we did on the cover of sick to fit. Right. How yep. I went from 420 pounds to the cover of Runner's World, US um, uh, Good Morning America. And uh, what was the other one? The Today Show. US, yeah. 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 The like like that's, that's like that's what we're taught to show people. Here's this amazing thing. And both of us have been wondering, like, is there something about that in, in some sort of context that while it's absolutely true and while it gets people's attention, does it does it somehow like short circuit some part of the brain? Like, like, is this our equivalent of giving people Oreos? Yeah. 
it's like inspiration Oreos or something. It's like, like, like motivation, like motivation cookies instead of something that, that, that you can sustain or something that, that's why I'm trying to get, I try to point people away, point them away from me all the time. And it feels like they, people feel like, I feel like people think I'm being like all shucks about stuff. Like when they go, oh, you're such an inspiration or, oh, you know, you really, if it wouldn't have been for you, X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, no, I, I need you to understand that you are the difference that like there, I don't know what I'm trying to say, Howie, that I, it, it gets, it gets, I feel almost like a lot of people. I don't know, have keep me close as like a, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why. I don't understand the the dynamics behind it. Um. Um. But yeah, I forgot what we were even talking about because it's it's such a it's such a honestly Howie it's such a frustrating like spaghetti bowl of thoughts in my head that that world is really tangled up right now. If I got to be a hundred percent honest with you, you know I I'm, I want to be me. I want to be there as a, as a, as a beacon, if people consider me that. Um, but honestly, I have a, I have a very ugly, not very ugly. I don't mean it that way, but life is ugly. You know, I have a very organic human personal life that I struggle with on my own and I have my own stuff to deal with, you know, and I don't mind sharing, um, um, but boy, I feel like I've drawn some, I've, I've accumulated uh, um, a lot of neediness in the DMs, you know? Yeah, and, and there's this issue of, like, if I curate my life to look perfect, um, which, yeah. you know, is a, it's a pastime of people these days, right. um, I'm lying. When I reveal my flaws, I get praised for being courageous right <laughs> which feels almost as bad it's yeah. like like because oh now i know how to get people to you know let me let me performatively be vulnerable for people right oh god yes let me take a big ugly fat fat boy fat titty shirt um, shirtless fat pic you know and post it and with post-it notes on the mirror talking about all these whatever blah blah yeah I, I i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah and i was you know again reading sand talk at the very beginning he says like you need to know who i am or you think you do and mike i i am not a success story <laughs> which yes. I, I just thought was so refreshing like i'm a, yes. you know i'm a man child i i basically have the responsibilities of a 14 year old in my own culture i've left a mess behind me i'm just beginning to learn how to be a grown-up like do not yep. and he could easily easily have become like a you know the 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 four agreements like some sort of wise indigenous guru and he could have people paying thousands of dollars to sit at his feet or to take his courses <laughs> And he's like, no, like that, that's uh, Western civilization corroding a true, a true message. 
yes, exactly. I don't, I don't want to package, package myself. Like I, like, like that's, what's been very frustrating is I've accidentally sort of backed into packaging myself as a success story. I think when I'm anything, but I've just lost a lot of weight. I've been quasi successful in that realm. You know, I've lost a big, huge chunk of weight, but it's not like I'll have fucking, excuse my French, but it's not like I've absolutely licked food addiction. It's not like I don't have moments in my life. It's not like I didn't eat like crap while my grandpa was dying. You know, it's not like, it's not like I don't get sad and eat my feelings. I, that those types of things still happen and, and you can't, and, and, um, yeah, it gets tiring to like, I don't want to share too much. I don't want to. And then I, I also don't want to share a thing and then, and then let it be accidentally somebody else's excuse. Well, Josh, I saw Josh post on Instagram where he ate some Oreos. Well, he must eat Oreos. And it's like, no, yeah. And you get caught in this whirlwind of what should I share? What shouldn't I share? What, you know, and, and, um, it gets very frustrating, uh, when you, when you feel like a contradiction to yourself all the time in your own brain. Um, but the, the enduring thing is, you know, the, the quote unquote results that have stuck around in my life and that, that makes me feel confident that I, I have a good system, you know? Um, and I don't mind, I don't mind sharing it. I don't mind sharing myself and like what we talked, like, not that I think of myself even remotely like him, but I like how he does his social media, which is a uh, David Goggins, how it's like, I've learned a lot through all the suffering that I've done. I don't feel like that knowledge belongs to me. So I want to share. I want to share. And I and um I don't necessarily want to want to like fence about it. Like do like some sort of word fencing or you know in 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 the DMs about, you know, I I as arrogant as it might sound, I feel like I can't I can't handle those things. I want to be me and do me and show as an example of what's possible because I'm proud of where I've come from, right? Um and I feel like I I feel like that is as much as that that's that's how I help the most not necessarily by getting into the nitty gritty with every single person who has a question because I am a volatile C C minus student who did get in fights from time to time at school, who is a little mouthy with the teachers. And so I am that person. So I am going to inevitably, um, and it's part of my character and I like it about myself, to be honest, because I, I feel like I'm no nonsense and I'm, I don't mind saying what, what needs to be said. And, um, but at the same time, that doesn't, that gets volatile at times. And I want to try and, uh, avoid having so many questions in my life that I get frustrated. Um, I would really much rather just share what I do. And then, um, and, you know, try my best to help 
introduce people to you through our book. <laughs> uh, that's honestly, I feel like it's a new mission in my life because more people need to know how. It's. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, you know, uh, bullshit aside, like you've been a third rail for me in my life, bro. You know, whatever that means. I don't even know if I'm using that analogy, right? I'm just, you keep me, you keep me grounded. You help, you help, you help provide a lot of the energy that makes me want to be a better person, you know, not just a better runner, not just fit, and, you know, not fat, but like actually a better person, not just not say the N word, but being anti-racist, actively going to offense against the behavior. That's scary. But you make me want to be that, you know, and that's important. And, and so connecting people to my book, connecting people to me, connects people to that, connects people to you. And that's probably my best way I can help people in this world is introducing some of my friend Howard. Oh, well, I'm, I'm very touched. And, uh... <laughs> And, uh, you know, I can talk about all, all the ways in which you have stabilized me these yeah, but, these yeah, years. But you're not do all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but it's. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, for, for, for the larger issue, um, yeah. like for a while, we, we were confused about what we were doing, who was doing what, what our goal was, what we're trying to accomplish, how big we want to get, how much of an impact how we're going to go about that impact. And I think we're both landing on like the truth of who each of us is and what yes, we sir. do and what we like doing. And again, that surrender, like it's not surrender to the slog, but surrender to the true nature of who I am mm -hmm. and what my gift is um, mm -hmm. that like we, we live in a world now where you can't do anything on your own. Like if, like we have like for the past eight months, we have all felt more alone than ever. And it really makes me recognize the power of of community, of team, of of something larger. And I'm thinking like like almost everybody I know who's still struggling with their with their eating, with their weight. And I talk to people who, you know, despite my brilliant coaching, are struggling on a weekly basis. It's because they are tr they are the unit of change individually yeah. by themselves, as opposed to being embedded in a natural system. Yes. Yes. And that's the case with so many people, you know, because we we're we're all fish out of water, you know, trying to swim in thin air and we can we can mimic it. We can figure it out. Um, but yeah, we even even me, even you, even all of us, we live in we it's almost it's impossible to live the the natural human existence. And and as a sportsman, that's what I wanna drive to do. Like as a Louisiana sportsman, that's I wanna I want to be just like the fish in the water and the deer in in the in the woods and the alligators in the swamp. I want to be an animal. I want to be a Louisiana animal. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's me, bro. And and I've never been more proud when you called, when you said, oh, you know, you, like you said that I was very aboriginal, right? And, and I understand what you meant by that now. And 
I am flattered because that's exactly how that's exactly what I want to be. I like I am, you know, yeah, I'm I'm Chag Day Aboriginal, bro. Like this is I'm of out the mud, dude. I'm from this. I'm from this. I'm from here. I'm from this thing and this place, this thing, this land, this the truth, the nature around me has taught me so much. You know? And um I feel I feel more connected to that universe than I ever have before in my life through a desire to be that natural human, even though it's almost impossible, right? Just drawing and pulling towards it um, in the compassion and empathy that comes with that natural state of humanness uh, has made me a better person, man. there's truth there right there's there's truth in nature that is more reliable than than our culture yeah and i think honestly howie just as a country person as a as country folk myself i feel like you know when you're in a really simple environment you don't have any reason to trust what seems logically true you know like you in the woods, you see, you see a small ditch. It's likely a small ditch. It's likely not, you know, some, it's not, it's likely not a, a bottomless pit, you know, or some weird thing. You, you can trust the information around you when you're in these, in these very simple country folk settings, when you're in the woods a lot, when you're on the water a lot, you, the, the processing is you can trust your brain and your logic and your intuition because you're in what we're of nature. Right. And I think people who are used to those geographical environments used to being in those very simple settings often can be exploited by presenting what seems like simple answers that are complete bullshit. Um, because that the mind the mind that's formed in in the woods in the rural sort of locales i think is is used to simple answers and and if a simple answer is provided um it's trusted uh at a rate that might be much less than a more uh cynical and you know arguably just as pragmatic, but more cynical and distrusting sort of city folk that are looking to vet, vet things more, right? I don't know. I just feel like there's something about being from the country that kind of sets us up, uh, even though we're just as smart, if not smarter than everyone else, but being from the country and trusting things that we see with our eyes, uh, without needing to vet them or dig down. So let me see inside of here if this is actually a tree. Let me look at these cells right quick. And, and like, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say other than like, I feel like our. Well, it's like when the, when the, when the Europeans, yeah. the Europeans came to, uh, to North America and the indigenous people had no uh, defenses against pathogens. Right. 
right? Like, like misinformation, lying is a pathogen. Yes. And, and if you if yeah. you if you live in a world, if you come from a world in which what what you know what it looks like is what it is, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that movie, the Ricky Gervais movie, The Invention of Lying. Like this one guy mm-hmm. figures out it's possible to lie and, and everyone believes him because they have no they have no experience of a lie. So whatever anybody yeah. says has to be true. Yes. And that's what I think happens in rural these in, in a lot of a lot, like places like where I'm from. Got any other words or thoughts before we, we close out this one? No, uh, I just I hope it's a useful conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you uh, again. Enjoy being on the podcast again and uh, looking forward to doing more, to be honest. Uh, now I feel more I feel better about about um, my role and what we do, you know, um, and uh, and I'm just excited to go forward um, having let. 2020 be uh how we how we always say turn a bad turn bad data into uh a good day <laughs> well we got a whole freaking calendar year worth of that so that's what we're doing it, it'll make us stronger and uh looking forward to it all right man josh thank you so much for thank you howie being my buddy for uh, for green to get on the horn and and uh and go places where we don't know in advance where we want to go and uh so i hope i hope i hope there's some nuggets here that are helpful for people even even i think as we are clearly struggling to figure a whole bunch of very fundamental things out about about life and our our place and our contribution so uh and i think if we persistently honest about that that that, that itself is a bit endearing and it, it keeps both of us sane because we don't feel like we're fun you know yeah right <laughs> yes there's something there's something about honesty that is like a palate cleanser yeah exactly it's I, like oh like oh this actually feels good to tell the truth to... thank you <laughs> exactly. uh, somebody need to send, send a, a memo to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue on Oh God! Yeah, and half of the houses on my street too. Well, I heard that. Uh, anyway, all right, man. Have a good day. All right, brother. Peace, man. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope the uh, rain pouring down on my roof wasn't too annoying a soundscape in the background. If you want to follow the links for what we talked about, you can check them out at the show notes for today's show, which is plantyourself.com slash 440. 440. What a run it's been and it's being. So speaking of run, what's the running news? The running news is I find that I can run with a knee brace on. So I put it on and go run and I'm going slow and taking it easy. But definitely I don't know if I'm recovering, but I'm certainly not making it worse. In garden news, there's no garden news. The garden is just sort of sitting there. Um, We're getting frosts, so we're covering up whatever little greens are growing. We've seen groundhogs. I don't know what the groundhogs eating because there's not much in the garden, but uh, sure as looks awfully cute. And there's a lot of squirrels with whom we're sharing the pecans from the pecan tree, which suffered a very hard summer. I guess it rained so much or maybe it's uh, getting old. A lot of the top branches, the sucker branches going straight up, broke off. And I'm not sure if it's going to survive this year. So we may need to uh, plant some new pecan trees to make up for it. 
All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Reidenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willreidenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Brittany Porter, Dominic Maurer, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatterley, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Tina Scharf, Tina Ahern, Jen Filkonofsky, David Bizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Landry, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Kelly Cameron, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Tom Franzet, Jeanette Benham, Gila Sert, David Donahue, Blair Cyborg, Dorona Vizov, Gio and Carolyn Argentati, Jody Friesner, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck, Aviva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Val Lineman, Nick Harper, Bandana Chali, Molly Levine, The Inscrutable, Harry R., Susan Laverty, The Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Scharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Sharon Hirschman, Linda Ayad, Holm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzinwa, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olikoski of Plant Power for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Morani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Peter W. Evans, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Lori Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Emily Iconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McAtee, Dan Bicorni, Stephen Leenan, Patty D. Martino, Mike and Donna Kartz, Deanne Bishop, Billbury Elf, Marjorie Lewis, Trisha Adams, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bayshore, Gunmarit Hagen, Tracy Gulledge, Laura Heaton, Meg from Mama Says, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Paranganchi. Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt, Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught of Edible Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, Danielle Roberts, Michael Lushton, Sarah Johnson, Catherine Floyd, for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for now. As always, be well, my friends. 